Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And uh, this week we're trying a... We're going to stay Midwest. We're going to try the Fat Tire Belgian White. So Fat Tire is a, uh, is a New Belgium beer. Uh, New Belgium has uh, two locations. And the reason why we chose this one was it's... Uh, its first brewery was in Fort Collins, Colorado, so just north of Denver. Uh, not not too awful far. You can get from downtown Denver to Fort Collins in 20 minutes, probably 20, 30. Yeah, yeah, not not too bad at all. Um, then from you know from there, there's any number of different breweries around there. We could have done uh, Avery or Odell or Weldworks. There's there's so many Oscar Blues is there. Yeah, there are so many good ones. That just the, by virtue of Colorado. Um, but we thought we're going to stick with, uh, we're going to, we're going to go with, uh, you know, something, something easy to drink. That's, uh, it might be another entry beer for people and, you know, we'll get, we'll get a little more into it as the yeah. episodes go on. We wanted you to be able to get this beer. That's the other key. Like, True. especially for these first ones, we want, we want, uh, this to be available in your marketplace, mm-hmm. wherever you're listening to this. Distribution is key. So you can get... Fat tire, you can get New Belgium virtually everywhere. I mean, which is why they opened that second brewery down in North Carolina. Yep, in Asheville, North Carolina, which is kind of the Fort Collins area of the East Coast. Now that's is that's it? a real hot. Yeah, that's a real, real hot brewery place. So we might have to dip our toes in the Atlantic Ocean and find something from over there. I'd soon. be, I'd be totally okay with that. So let's let's get into this one just a little bit. We'll talk about the uh, the we'll, we'll, you'll get into the history of, of where that Belgian style white white came from. Let's talk about the brewery just a little bit though. So north of Fort Collins, uh, or no, I'm sorry, north of Denver in Fort Collins, Colorado, the breweries open 11 to 8 daily. They have food trucks virtually every day. Very like like most breweries, very dog kid family friendly. Lots of outdoor events there virtually all the time especially on the weekends yeah uh, tons of outdoor events the brewery itself on the inside is enormous it's possibly one of the biggest ones i've ever been to yeah it's it's huge oh uh, i i did see they do brewery tours as much as they just do maybe just one where you walk through they do a 90 minute brewery tour for like the hardcore beer guys yes they do and You've done this, correct? I have done this. I am one of those hardcore guys. Tell me about that. So it's a little bit more advanced than just the average. Like, Because when you go into that tap room, from what I remember, I've, I've been to, to a few tap rooms in my day, but <laughs> from what I can remember this one, you walk in and there's a really long bar that you can order your beer from. And then mm-hmm. over on the left side of that tap room, there's kind of like that, um, you know, the see-through window or into the brew house. Yes. Um, so you're kind of getting just a little peek. And a lot of brewery tours are just that little peak. That's all you get. You mm-hmm. see that tank, you walk over here, you see the fermenters, you see the, you know, sparging equipment, whatever. They show you the normal stuff. So this one was more into that, um, more into the science side. So we got to see um, their little laboratory that they had for mm. cell cultures and things like that, um, yeast strains and whatnot. Then we got to try some things that were not available yet that hadn't hit the tap room, that which sounds, is wow. kind of a fun thing to do. One of the beers I remember from that place, um, particular that day, was a s'mores porter. Mm. It was on nitro, and it literally poured, and it, when it sat in your glass, it was dark chocolatey color on the bottom with a thick white 
marshmallow-looking foam on the top. It was exactly like a s'mores, and it tasted like a s'mores. Wow. I, have a, I still have a picture on my phone of that bear. <laughs> that's how special it was, and that was like six years ago. Wow. I, you know, and that's that you like I like you said. There's lots of places, lots of breweries you can go and just do the little tour or whatever. Ninety minutes, though, that is that's in depth. Yes, it's it's very in depth. And there were people. I think one of the guys that was there that day was probably someone who was trying to start a brewery because hmm. he was taking very um, detailed <laughs> notes, right? Like, and and they were cool about it. That's one mm-hmm. of the fun things about breweries, especially craft breweries, is they're they're very willing to help somebody else out. Yeah. Especially, yeah, brewery to brewery or whatever, when they get started, that collaboration between those two, even though they're competing for market share and they're yeah. competing for shelf space, there's a there's a collaboration that exists that I've never seen in an industry before. It's it's super exciting, and I know it drives innovation, which is huge for mm-hmm. these things, and that's that's one of the fun things that, that you'll find. Because if I'm, I'm not mistaken, I think these guys do uh, like a yearly collaboration bomber series with some different breweries i know firestone walker was one that they did before and they have a like a sour um collaboration beer that they do every once in a while so sign me up for that i'll take i'll take that yeah they're good so uh i saw in this during the summer and now since summer's winding down it looked like every weekend they had like a bike in cinema where you could ride your bike from wherever and that's a big thing in denver anyway ride your bike in then they were playing a movie and i think the one last weekend was black panther so sit outside, ride your bike in, get a beer, sit outside, watch a movie, bike back home. That sounds pretty good. I, that sounds really good. Let's let's go. Okay. All right. Well, that's all for this edition. Of, no. <laughs> um, and then live music. I've been there a few times. Live music all the time. Different genres of music. It's it's like a little it's like a little party every time you go out there. It's they've done a heck of a job. So I I, I would definitely encourage you if you're in that Denver area to to look it up and stop by. So this one, Fat Tire came, Fat Tire was like their first one, right? I mean, that was their big one. That, that was that the hit. big hit, yeah. Yes. The amber kind of ale, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, so this is the Fat Tire Belgian White. So a lot like, and I know you'll get into kind of the, uh, the you know, the beer itself. Mm-hmm. The, the the Belgian White, it tastes a whole lot like Blue Moon, right? So it does. One of those gateway beers that, you know, if you're, if you're not sure what to try, the Belgian white is exactly what the Blue Moon is, brewed with coriander and orange peel, so you kind of get that orangey flavor, and not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of bitterness. There will be zero bitter. Um, it, it will be familiar flavor, mm-hmm. and I think this is maybe the second year, second summer that they've made this beer. I don't know that it's a year-round staple yet, mm-hmm. um, but I think this is the second year that they've released a, a Belgian white. Um, and I, I feel like it's a little, it's a little bit better than, than last year's version for sure. So I really enjoyed it. And I, and Blue Moon was one of my gateway beers after, you know, when I first started getting into it because it is really, I mean, it's super mild and you know, that there, there's not a whole lot of complexity to it. No, but it actually has some flavor. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I remember the first time I ever had a Blue Moon and it was in, in a pizza bar in Lincoln called Yaya's and had that beer and I thought, what is this? This is not <laughs> Miller Lite. And that's really, I mean, it's weird to say, but that's kind of what pushed the boulder down the hill for me. And I've, I've been looking for my favorite beer ever since. Ever since. Okay. So that let's, let's talk about the, the, the type of beer then. So what, Brian, tell me exactly what a Belgian white is. Well, first of all, it's a, it's basically technically a wheat beer and you can split it down the middle between like a Hefeweizen 
and Belgian white is a different variation of a wheat beer. Okay. Hefeweizen is more um, banana-y. You'll get that. Too banana-y. For me. I, yes. I agree. Yep. It's also super hazy mm-hmm. um, in as far as the color goes, just because of the malts that they use. Um, a wit is a little bit of a, a pump of the brakes on that. It doesn't go down that road quite as far. It's got a different, um, usually unmalted wheat is, is a part of the science of that beer and, and how its protein structures happen. But what that does is it makes it hazy in the glass. Um, the style itself, usually low ABV, mm-hmm. around five or so. IBUs, we kind of talked about last week about mm-hmm. IPAs being, you know, 50, 60, 70 range. This is like, I think, 12 for this beer that we're talking about today. Right. Not bitter at all. No, none, none at all. I mean, just enough. Basically, you're just getting IBUs from flavor and the hops that were mm-hmm. involved. So nothing that that someone who doesn't like hops can, cannot handle this. Um, this style always pretty much synonymous with oranges, mm-hmm. coriander, that sort of stuff. Um, the Hefeweizen is usually more lemony or lemon-based, and this one is kind of the opposite. Orangey. So the style comes from England, Belgium, obviously, and it was brewed for, when I could tell, 400 or so years, and then that kind of the style dried up and changed to the point where it was not being produced at all. Why do you think that happened? Well, I think one of the things that happened probably is just tastes changed and evolved over time for some of those things. I think um, ingredients, lack of ingredients, or able to get them handily changed. Probably just a new generation of of folks as well. And there was a war happening before that too over there. So all those things probably Hmm. played part of that. But it came back um, from the research and the stories that I've heard in the mid-60s in Belgium. And the, the town... I guess we call it a town, a village. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hogarden is the name, which is a famous Belgian wheat beer that you can get pretty much everywhere. That and sounds familiar. Like, I've heard that before. Yeah, and it's it's usually what you'll find it here is on tap a lot of places. You won't see a lot of the bottles, but you'll, you'll see it on tap. And mm-hmm. any place that has, you know, 10, 15, 20 taps, there's usually a wheat tap, and that's, that's a usually good bet for that style. Mm. So the beer came back into existence in 1965 by a guy brewing it in his barn, and the name of the guy was Pierre Celis, or Celis. That's, that's the name, C-E-L-I-S. Mm-hmm. And he brewed it for 20-some years over there, moved with his family to the United States, that whole uh, American dream, right? Mm-hmm. Chase, chase the dollar and make right. your life better. Right. Own something for yourself. And he wanted to make beer here, get to that market, because this was in the, I think, the early 90s, which is really the craft beer boom mm-hmm. starting here in America. Moved and um, brought his recipes, including his yeast-filled socks through the airport, uh, smuggled in so he didn't have to uh, report it to customs. Have He's, any questions? He smuggled yeast in his socks. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of other places, um, a beard I've heard of, mm-hmm, yeast mm-hmm. samples coming from, and I've, I've definitely drank that beer that was made with the yeast strain from a dude's beard. I've done that. I've heard of that. That's weird. It, it was, yeah. It, it's one of those beers that you want to tell somebody that after they've t- tasted it. Mm, yeah. You don't, want to, you don't want to lead with that one. But right. this was his way to, to do it. So he brought it in the country, 
And now his daughter um, opened a brewery with his name mm-hmm. and his recipes. Because uh, he did come here and open one. He's, he was brewing that beer, um, but it didn't, it didn't catch on hmm. in, the, in the mid or early 90s in Texas. Maybe not the place for this style. I don't know. But. Probably not. So he gave it a go. Didn't work. She reopened, um, I think, within the last couple of years, and it's now a beautiful facility. What I looked online, the pictures, uh, in Austin, Texas. And they're brewing, I think, eight beers right now plus a couple of seasonals, but they're all European-style and hmm. based recipes. So no IPAs or... No IPAs, no, no Imperial Barrel Age Stouts. Right. Um, there's a Saison. There is some flavored. There's like a raspberry Saison, I think I saw. Mm. A couple other things like that, um, but... Mostly in the five to six ABV range and yep. old styles. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. You've smuggled in his socks. Yeah. Are they still using that same strain? Are they still? Because I know like yeast lasts for a while, right? It I can. Mean, I mean, there's some places that say they're using the original strain from 50, 70, 80 years, right? Right, right. And then there's also some people like I think cross strain will say. You can use it two or three times, and then it's degraded, and it's no good, so get rid of it. So I think it's just a matter of old school, new school, maybe. Maybe. Or um, there really is the science to it. I mean, there's some of these places have, like, a chemist on on staff to to check these things. So it just depends, I suppose, on how much you really want to get into it. That's one thing. I have noticed that at a few breweries that I've toured is, and Crosstrain is one of them, where they have like an area set up in the back, microscopes and mm-hmm. you know and stuff like that, so they can tell if the yeast is still viable. Yeah, right. I mean that's a that's a thing right now where most good sized breweries to big breweries mm-hmm. that are still craft are hiring like legit chemists, chemists from out of college right. to come and work for them. Yeah, you just have to do it at this point, I guess. That's interesting. So. Huh. Interesting. So I, I, I assume that, and I, I don't know, I mean, you could be, I could be wrong. I would think that this guy and his daughter are, are pretty pissed off at Blue Moon, right? Yeah. I mean, because Blue Moon is, it, 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 whether you like it or not, it's the standard for that kind of Belgian wit. Beer, it's everywhere. Right? It's kind of the poster child, right, yep. for that style. So yep. the good thing about Blue Moon is that it is available. Mm-hmm. And you can have it, and most people have had it. Mm-hmm. So they, they have an idea, a benchmark of what it's going to taste like. Yep. So if you come into their place or their, you know, place where you can buy their beer in Texas and you want to try something, and maybe they don't have a Blue Moon, they can roll you into this as an easy sell, is my guess. Yep. That's an interesting, and that's, I mean, kind of our idea behind, behind doing these in the first place. Like, Blue Moon is a gateway. It, yeah. Right? Super easy to drink. Available all over the place. It was one of the first ones I started on. It was, you know, it, it has more flavor and, and the flavor profile is way better than like a Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, whatever. Those yeah. are fine if you're just, if you're outside mowing the yard or yeah. whatever. But I mean, if you really want to enjoy something, that was, Blue Moon was one of the first ones and then it led into other Belgian style for me. Yeah. I and mean, there's a whole world there. It's, it's definitely memorable when you taste a beer that has flavor. Yes. And you're like, whoa, this does not taste like A, B, or C, or D, all the same. Yep. And that's that's sticks in your brain, which is great. Mm-hmm. And it's also a great jumping off place because you can start messing and meddling with this sort of beer and adding different fruit variants and different mm-hmm. um, grain strains and, like, different um, yeasts and things. So, like, you can stay with the same area and then you can diverge probably six, seven, ten different ways and, and you'll still have a good idea of what it's – base flavor is going to taste like yeah 
Interesting. So, all right. So, Fat Tire. New Belgium Fat Tire. Belgian White. It's, uh, once again, just, I mean, a, a really good gateway into other beers if you want to try them. Very easy to drink. Um, not bitter at all. Lower alcohol volume, right? Yeah. And ABV is one point or five point two, so yeah. that's not bad. It's it, it's not it's not awful. So I mean, it's it's if, not going to wreck your day. No, no, not at all. And I think the other thing maybe we could throw out here, Rich, is a couple other ones that you know maybe they don't have this specific one there. Yep. Um, but we talked about earlier today about White Rascal, mm-hmm. and that just won the silver medal in the world beer cup for this style of beer white rascal is an avery product which avery is maybe 30 minutes from from new belgium yeah Um, and they they can and bottle this mm -hmm. one i believe so that's pretty good they they do uh dogfish head has one yep like namaste i think it is that one's pretty tasty and available for sure all over the east coast and now Mm -hmm. kind of getting to the midwest here in the midwest a lot too yeah where's dogfish head located I don't know, was it Delaware? Is that what New it is? Hampshire? Somewhere. Okay, so an East Coast yeah. brewery. Interesting. And then just local, um, Nebraska Brewing Company has Infinite Wit, which is... I have not tried that yet. That one is one that they used to produce in can, mm-hmm. um, but now it's pretty much only available in the tap room. And you might see a keg of it around, but they don't bottle or can it anymore. Interesting. They, they push their um, Hefeweizen to the public more often than the Wit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that infinite wit is my wife's favorite beer, so I've had I've had enough of those in my day. That uh, again, Hefeweizen, and well, I'm sure at some point we'll do one of those too. But if you want something that tastes like banana bread, yeah, that's right, a, that's the place to go. That Hefeweizen, if you like banana bread, try give that give one of those a shot. So, uh, well, Brian, thank you. I'm uh, I, w- I wasn't sure what to think of this at first. Like we could have just done Blue Moon or whatever, but I really do like their take on the on the Belgian. White, like it's that, that's it's pretty good. Yeah, it is really good. It has a nice um, has a nice aftertaste, mm-hmm. and the smell is really good too. And I think I told Brian yesterday when when I said this is what we're gonna do. It's you know it's it, it's it's rather disarming, right? I mean, it's a you can you can compare it to Blue Moon. You can you know it's served with an orange. So you know if you serve it with fruit, it's kind of you know it's kind of yeah. disarming a bit. I mean you know. We were talking about, you know, what you could pair this with. And this, for sure, would go great with, like, a grilled pork chop. Mm. Something actually a little bit spicy would be good with it. Yeah. Because this um, orange would kind of cut that. Or even, like, Chinese orange chicken or something like that would be Mm. very good just to to hit those citrus notes. Chicken wings, maybe? Is that... uh, Yeah, or pizza. Or tacos. Yeah, any of those things would be good with this beer. I could eat tacos with any beer probably you I can, can eat say tacos without beer but it's helpful to have it yeah know? true that's true you, yeah you could pretty much say any beer and I'd say you could eat tacos with that yeah. so, there you go all right brian thank you so much hey we'll, thanks uh, rich i have an idea for next week i, I don't i don't want to spoil it just yeah, yet don't tell me another midwest beer i want to stick with another midwest one we have a lot of nurses here in the midwest um and we've got we've got a lot of fun pictures and videos from you know over the over the past i don't know th- three to six months of over you know over the summer and stuff of nurses going to breweries, friends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, whatever. Keep sending those to us. We love to see them. We want to live vicariously through your adventures. Yeah, try this beer and write a review. Let us know what you think about it. Absolutely, agree or disagree. All right, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks. 